Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and another after show for Ahsoka. I'm so used to saying Rebels Talk at this point. It's like ingrained in my memory. Uh, welcome back. And uh, we are talking about part three, Time to Fly. It's the third episode of Ahsoka, the TV series streaming right now on Disney+, Plus, uh, which there will be a total of eight episodes in the first season. Today, joining us is uh, our good friend Nick and Dan, as well as your esteemed co-host Blake. And uh, everyone's going to be meeting us in the Escape Pod in just a moment. Quick bit of news. If you can drop down to five stars, that'd be amazing. And as well as uh, this episode is celebrating four years of Star Wars Escape Pod as a podcast. With that said, let's get into it. Another happy landing. Good to be here. What's good. going on? Good to have. Yeah, good. To, it's it's going good, man. It's um, almost halfway through the series now. Believe it or not, we're we're what? one we're one, <laughs> we're one oh, week yeah. we're one week uh, one episode away from being halfway through. So this is uh this what is an the heck? Yeah, I know time flies. Right? I'm, I'm so used to these twenty four episodes of Rebels now. <laughs> it's a bit of <laughs> a bit of a pun to the title of the time to fly. You know, time flies. Right, cheesy oh, joke. Man. Um, and with us uh, we got Dan. Welcome back, Dan. Hello, hello. Congrats on four years. That's huge. Oh, thanks, Dave. You know, anyone who may have saw the post and the, the socials would, you know, may have recognized the, the 30th of being our, our four-year anniversary. And uh, it's certainly come a long way with, uh, I think it's over 280-something podcast episodes in the bank and uh, a million more well on the way. And, um, you know, we got lots to look forward to. So, yeah. No, thanks. And uh, Nick, welcome back. Hello. Good to be back. Yeah, always good to have another uh, another buddy talking Star Wars. So, um, yeah, I mean, when was the last time you were on? Just remind people. If uh, oh, man. I think it might have been the Mandalorian season three finale. Right, okay. Yeah, that it was, was, quite, a while it was ago. quite a ways, quite a while ago, yeah. Yeah, Dan, we had you on last week, so great to have you back. Um, wow, I mean, uh, one episode to talk about this week, so, you know, a bit less. But, uh, but hey, it's part three. Time to Fly. This was uh, directed by Steph Green, written by Dave Filoni. This episode premiered August 29th, 2023. I'm just going to read the summary real quick, and then we can just dive right in. Sabine Wren start, restarts her training under Ahsoka and Hu Yang's guidance as she struggles with her inability to use the Force. Sindula meets with Mon Mothma, the Chancellor of the New Republic, and a group of influential senators in order to gain permission to send Republic forces to Setos. Despite Mon Mothma's support, the Senators refuse to believe that Thrawn and Bridger are alive and deny Sindula's request. 
Having been informed of this by Sindula, Ahsoka, Ren, and Huiyang travel to Sidos where they discover the Eye of Sion, but they are intercepted by a squadron of fighters led by Hati, that's uh, Shin, and Merrick, and Elsbeth uh, uses the lasers of the Eye of Sion to fire on them. Uh, the group escapes by flying uh, the, through a pod of Purgle and land on the planet surface of Sitos, where they take refuge in the forest. As Huiyang gives his full analysis on the Eye of Sion, a Sion <laughs> which he <laughs> classifies as a hyperjump gate. However, uh, Shin Hati is aware that they are hiding somewhere in the forest. As a result, uh, Balin's skull dispatches his forces to hunt them down. As much as as much as it was an action-packed episode, like I feel like an, not a lot actually happened. You know yeah, I, mean? I felt the same way. It's funny because yeah. like, I watched it the first time. I'm like, oh, this is great. And then I started to think about it more and watched it the second time. Yeah. So th- we didn't really gain any ground. They flew like an extra, I don't know, five kilometers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> it. <laughs> they got from one place to another. Just off the bat, though, I mean, the one thing that stuck out to me with this one um, was uh, a last name of a senator around the, the meeting table that popped up. There is a guy in there named Hamato uh, Ziono. And uh, this guy was sort of the stubborn prick who was uh, being a bit nasty to Kara, right? Like, he was the, the one guy where she's like, hey, did you even fight a single day in the war? And he's like, you know, dead silence, right? Um, that dude is the dad of Kaz from Star oh, Wars. Oh, Res- Yeah, Star Wars Resistance, an animated show that maybe nobody's seen. Uh, we were actually talking except about me. this. Except <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> except, except you, yeah, except Blake. Um, I'm the only fan. Maybe you can tell people why, why do you like the show? I like it because it reminds me of 90s television when i was eight years old i think this is a big nostalgia fact it reminds me a lot of like cartoon network from around like 2000 uh i mainly really enjoyed the like the side character remember his name now not kaz but like the other guy he's got he's actually a voice actor in rebels we were just talking about this the other day yeah yeah the green guy with the spiky yeah yeah that's him going off what you guys were saying it was quite action-packed but not the, I guess the, the the plot didn't progress that much, but I think that's fine. Um, it was a good episode. I, I think what the main, I guess, well, of the two kind of main plots of the, of the episode, uh, Sabine, Ahsoka thing about, oh, like, okay, Sabine's going to really try and, like, tra- tra- start trying to train again to sort of be a Jedi, right? Um, yeah. There's kind of that whole, maybe maybe something, something new in Star Wars again, right? Where, oh, some of that's not Force-sensitive, could possibly train to become force sensitive. Mm, yeah, that's and a great point. I, I, I don't per, personally, I don't really uh, object to that. I think that's kind of a something that's that might be a, a good a good thing because, mm-hmm. like, throughout the deal, you know, the history of the Jedi, they've gone around the the galaxy and found already very strong force sensitive people, and then they've brought them in to kind of fine tune those skills. But just like with anything. If you're not like in like in the real world, like in a, in a sport or something, right? If you're not naturally talented at the sport, you can still mm-hmm. train and work hard and practice to become the best. Mm. Well, it's how just, many it, metachlorians? It's, it's just harder to do, right? <laughs> yeah. How many metachlorians do you think you need to be good at like football? <laughs> I need way more. <laughs> hey Dan, what did you think of this episode? I really enjoyed it. Like it. The pacing I had no issues with. Um, 
I like seeing the space battles. Uh, had a lot of beats that felt familiar to Star Wars, like, you know, the training Urgles was like, you know, dodging the asteroid field and Empire Strikes Back, like hiding in the forest was like them when they hid inside that asteroid. I really enjoyed it. Uh, there was some pretty cool action in space there, too. Dog fighting. Yeah, looked amazing. With what looked like actual Spitfire planes from World War Two. Yeah, mm. it, they totally made them sound like that, too. Yeah, it, was, yeah, it, had, it had the, 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 that, that prop sound, that high-pitched kind of, like, World War II fire line. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I got one gripe. Uh, I got one gripe here. Um, what did you guys think of the turbo lasers exploding kind of on at, at a certain in the, range? In the air. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because we've seen turbo lasers... Uh, sort of do something weird before and this was in The Last Jedi when they had such a range that they started arcing but in other Star Wars stories we've seen a different like a third like way of how they're sort of done and they just kind of fire off into the distance and then just disappear you know so like was it was the general consensus here like like did you like it did you not like it like maybe we can start with you nick and yeah yeah uh well okay so for that like you're talking about they're fighting the turbo lasers and they're kind of dodging them but they explode close like to the world, ship. like world war ii like turret shells yeah, yeah flat just, guns. because yeah. i think they're, that's exactly flat guns, i think yeah. that's exactly what they're going for right yeah because like basically yeah. in world war ii or i guess maybe still to this day like those anti-aircraft guns they're designed to shoot and then explode close to the target even if they don't directly make contact they still might do damage if they explode close enough to the target right right and i visualization was like i think that was exactly what they were trying to kind of replicate did you feel like it was out of place no because well i mean i guess she they called them turbo lasers so maybe they were something it wasn't just a generic blaster fire it was maybe Turbo some lasers aren't new though. Yeah. You can it could, all the way back to the clone wars. It could be something more powerful and that could justify how, mm-hmm. how they like kind of explode differently than a normal blaster. Yeah. Um, Morgan was using wish powers. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan was using her explosive night sister powers. Uh, I, yeah. Dan, what'd you think of this? I loved it. Cause like you said, it, it was imitating the flak um, explosions that we saw in world war two. Ahsoka's ship's already kind of like uh, um, like a B-15 bomber, um, you know, with like the back hatch with the shooting, the the Mustangs out of the air. Like it was totally a World War II motif. And once you got past the fact that, you know, you probably want to have those kind of explosions in space, but you already have sounds and everything else. So it's not like Star Wars really follows physics. This is so, true. So visually, I thought it was great. It didn't bother me. Fair enough. Blake, what, what are your thoughts on it? I'm gonna go against the grain. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I know. thought it was. I, 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 I could respect what they were going for, but it just felt too, in you know, nail like uh, with a hammer on the, on the head of the nail to matching right. World War II stuff. I feel like it should have been a little bit farther suspended uh, disbelief. I, I, I feel you. I don't know if I'm gonna blow any minds here, but so this was a revisiting this sort of debate for me, right? Because like I saw it and I was like, hmm, like, that looks familiar. And uh, we've seen this before. So if anyone has seen Clone Wars movie, a theatrical release, there's a there's a sequence where they land on a planet called Teth. There's a bunch of gunships, uh, Anakin and Ahsoka are in like some gunships. You know, I'm just gonna play a little audio bite here uh, where the exact same thing is happening. I know, and I'll try not to get you killed. 
shields, Lieutenant. Get us under those guns. Yes, sir. There we go. Rich, your call's got static. Got it. Red light, stand by. I feel like I didn't think about it that much back then, but maybe it's just a certain type of laser. Because I see where you're coming from, Blake, and it's like I have a problem with just lasers exploding like that. It just doesn't seem like it should be a thing since we've seen so many other laser guns on other ships not do that. But at the well, same yeah, time, plus turbo lasers on Star Destroyers don't do that, and this is Imperial engineered. Yeah, yeah. So I like, or well, I guess it's sort of New Republic, I guess, engineered, but you know, like. But it's made yeah. from Star Destroyer parts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so there should be some continuity there. But it's, you know, let it be known. It's not the first time we've seen this. This has been around for a while. You know, I haven't compiled a whole list of every time this is showing up. But, you know, if anyone out there wants to spend the time a day to actually do that, I just, you know, not it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> how did you all like the appearance of Jason Sundula? We had Jason Sundula show up in this Kanan's son, you know, Kanan Jarrus, the, the Jedi, and Jarrus Dula's son, Jason, they, he showed up, and he doesn't look like an elf anymore, but he does have <laughs> green hair. <laughs> I just looked him up. Yeah, he just looks like the most awkward-looking Christmas character I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> the, the animated version of him does not look good. Uh, I'm going to be honest, like... It's, I think he has slight Twi'lek ears in it, so it yeah. makes it look even more elf-like because they're like slightly pointy and they're like turning green. I feel like they gave the task to the modeler like the day that it was due and be like, hey, we need like a mix between human and Twi'lek. Can you just come up with something? Man, right. green, have, green pointy ears. <laughs> they could have done so much of the two. Like wear the head tails, do something. Just have them like shorter. I don't know. I'm something. Little, yeah. And, you know, okay. In addition to this, I'm a little confused because they announced the Lego figure for this dude like a while ago, like a couple weeks ago, maybe, maybe a month and a half. There's a new Lego ghost set coming out. Jason Sindula is getting his own little kind of mini kid Lego figure, right? And he's got brown hair in the Lego figure. <gasps> so did they post fix this hair? Like, was this a last minute change to make it look more like continuity? Or is this like actual green hair dye? Like, I would love to know because the Lego figures bugging me now. The green hair didn't look that noticeable, though. It was like a, almost a very dark green yeah. You almost might miss it, right? If you weren't like it wasn't like bright green like it was in, in the in Rebels, right? Yeah, that's I'm colorblind. Yeah. I didn't notice notice this hair being green. Oh, I noticed right away. So <laughs> oh, Dan, you're colorblind. Yeah, Dan, so so wait, so what color is green to you exactly? I mean it depends on the shades, but I it never popped off as being green to me. What did it what did it look like? Oh, fair enough. Um I would have to like relook at a picture of it, but I'm trying to see. Oh, here's a picture of it. I'm looking at. It just looks brown. So what you're saying is the guy at Lego who designed the character may have also been colorblind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I man. I actually didn't no- notice it was green until the second time I watched it. Oh really? It did wow. not pop out pop out to me at all. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at concept art from the cartoon, and it totally looks green there, but the actual image of the actor from the episode it looks brown to me they might have realized they made a mistake with the lego character and then they tried to kind of compromise at the last second yeah maybe also uh he is wearing a pauldron on his right shoulder it's actually 
got the same logo as his dad of Kane and Jairus. And I would say it's the same pauldron as Kane and Jairus if it weren't for the fact that Kanan's pauldron is significantly larger than that. Because he's a grown guy, and his pauldron on his shoulder is quite large. So, like, on a kid, it should be even bigger. And, like, this this kid's got a pauldron that just kind of looks the same, but it's scaled down for, like, his shoulder. So, I, I don't I don't know. Maybe they shaved it or something like that. Did you notice that? I did not. I'm trying to find an image now. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, this is live action, so maybe they retconned uh Kanan just be really small in stature. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um we got Maybe a glimpse. Jason's fully grown right now. We don't we don't even know. This is as big as Kanan ever was. Yeah. We got a glimpse at the Battle of Endor briefing room. So that was kind of cool. We saw the holograms of Mon Mothma and, and the other uh senators standing around on home one. You know, any fan of Return of the Jedi celebrating forty years this year is is gonna recognize that as Mon Mothma was given the whole speech, the battle plan for blowing up the Death Star two. Let's move on here. Um okay, what do we <laughs> what do we think about the let's get into something we can actually talk about. What what do we think about like the the Sabine like wooden sword training because like Nick made it, brought up a good point earlier when it comes to the whole uh, like non force sensitive quote unquote uh, sort of idea of somebody like that training in the ways of the Jedi and you know Ahsoka's taken it upon herself to instruct Sabine the way that she would I guess Ezra and uh, the way that Ezra would have instructed her with with her lightsaber training back in Rebels. And, you know, it's just like, it's interesting to see kind of this whole swordsman training ordeal graduate from that to this idea that Ahsoka can can present as if you really commit yourself, you know, there's a chance that you can, like, utilize the Force just like any Jedi can. And um, going along with that, there was a book that came out probably... Couple, it was a couple of years ago, maybe like three or four years ago or something, and it was uh, it was about the the Luke Skywalker. Um, I think it was Luke Skywalker. I think it was like Legends of Luke Skywalker, or something like that. Anyway, there was like like some some quote from him somewhere or uh, about someone else or something like that about how midi chlorians are essentially like a, a gateway. Uh, oh, you know what? This was the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book. I think that's what it was. Um, Maybe, uh, but there was there was a moment where he kind of describes how, uh, because it's true, like the force is flowing through everything, right? And that's the way Ahsoka puts it, and that's been established for a very long time since since Yoda instructed Luke right on Dagobah. So without rubbing it against that continuity, um, you know, it's like okay, well, how all of a sudden do we combine that with how the Jedi look at the midi chlorian count and like how maybe only people with a certain like amount can actually be trained, right? And I think it's really just down to um, sort of like higher count means like the door the door is open wider. That's the way that Luke put it, at least in this book, is that like the more that you have, uh, the more capable you are of of the discipline that comes with the the power, right? And uh, you know, I just wanted to go around and like you know maybe Blake, you can start. Like, what did you think of that whole training sequence and sort of now what we know now of Ahsoka's sort of idea that maybe Sabine can actually use the Force? 
Well, the first thing that you went through in your, your spiel here was I started getting deja vu to Rebels when there, uh, Kanan was trying to train Sabine with the Darksaber and he was forcing her to use the wooden sticks and Hera actually got mad and called him out until he actually used training sabers properly. <laughs> right. So Taking it's funny now to see like going full circle and now she's stuck using sticks again. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I guess she's restarting her training, so maybe yeah. And she doesn't have access to the dark saber anymore, so there's that. So she but she does have Ezra's saber, which we mm-hmm. both know already has training settings. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. Anyway, to the force thing, uh yeah, I think what you described it, it was kind of my understanding of it as well, which yeah. is they've tried to merge the two together where like from the original trilogy and the the, the Metachlorian theory, uh, merge them together to where everyone has Metachlorians, which uh, allow the force to throw, flow through you. But some people it comes a lot more naturally because they have a higher count. But it's not that anyone has none, mm. except for maybe those wolves. What we found out about in the higher public. Yeah, yeah, because um, they're like a, like a void or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, Dan. What do you what do you oh. think of this? Sorry, one last thing. And I did find it very interesting the the similarity in the scene with Sabine trying to use the force on the tea cup. It reminded me a lot of when Luke was first trying to use the force on the noodles in the very first canon book that came out. Mm, yeah. Well the first one with him at least, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good I think one. it was it not like the first one because they had to rewrite it to make no, it canon. The, the Rebels, Originally, this the could re- be legends. The, well, yeah, it was released after A New Dawn, though. A New Dawn was... The, oh, I the, see. Yeah, yeah. so it was technically like the second one. But yeah, gotcha. it was pretty, pretty close. Um, Dan, what did you think of this whole ordeal? I thought it was cool. I liked, um, I liked seeing her... That thing that uh, Hu, Hu Yang was holding, that the wood blade would go through and you'd see where her strikes were. I thought that was a neat concept, and um, it makes sense having something instead of just always using a deadly lightsaber as a training weapon, like, you know, using something a little, a little less permanent. If it hits something it was neat. And I liked seeing, um, in the case behind them, I don't know if you noticed, there was like those little, um, round spheres that would fly around and shoot lasers. Like what Luke was training with in the millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. They had a bunch of those in that case. It just raises the question more and more. Why the earth? Why, why in the world did Han Solo have them? <laughs> um, what, just out of curiosity, Dan, what did you think when you watched Phantom Menace for the first time back in the 90s? You know, um, and, you know, when it came up with the whole midi-chlorians thing, like, what were your thoughts back, I hated then, back then? So how, how has it changed it. From, from then till now? Like, is, has anything changed? Um, yeah, I don't hate it as much because they've, like, you know, like what you're saying, like it opens the doorway, it helps you have the force, but it doesn't mean you have to have a huge like Mandalorian count to to be force, um, to be a Jedi and whatnot. Like force so sensitive. I, force sensitive, yeah. So it's now like they've explained it away to where like I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Originally, did you feel like they're just making? Uh, almost like different classes. You had to be like it was a certain class no, to be. The, there was the no Jedi. reason for it. Like I, I felt like, and there was the part where like, and I know it was controversial in Last Jedi when like oh suddenly everybody could be a Jedi, um, 
but I didn't mind that. Like, oh, like, you know, it, it makes everybody special. I didn't mind, like, you had to be born a certain way to be able to become a Jedi. Like, that, even, even the lowliest broom boy can be a Jedi now. <laughs> they just train hard enough. But it's like... But back in the day, it just felt like like they took like George Lucas took some of the mysticism away and made it like oh it's just like these special things inside you that gave you force powers like he he kind of like took the magic out of it and made it more scientific that bothered me but now like that's kind of been backed off a bit so it's I'm okay with it sweet all right Nick what are your thoughts on this whole thing uh yeah I I think I like it. I like I like where it could go. Um yeah, it just like goes with the with the whole thing about like the, the Metachlorians. It's just a count, right? So and I, I assume like everyone has at least some, right? So it's just I guess Anakin. At least two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Anakin. Minimum two. Yes. <laughs> One. Because like, like they said that what like did you like didn't like Qui-Gon test Anakin, right? At, yeah. And he's like, Oh, yeah, he's, he he's, he's the highest count we've ever tested right so he was the most naturally gifted jedi and so he could become powerful quite quickly but it's not that it it was basically just easier for him to Mm -hmm. to you know have the have the force and and use the force and i think if you i think yeah it's like if anyone could if they knew what to do and how how to train and kind of if they were trained by a Jedi who knew, you know, all who knew like how, how to get more in tune with the Force, then you could uh, you could then learn from them and eventually you know do what they do. Um, yeah, I I, I, yeah. I I like the the whole concept of you know and, and anyone can do it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's 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 nice that they kind of came clean about you know because I feel like this has been an ongoing sort of you know debate in a way for a long time and and this sort of you know, gave another perspective on this whole thing that sort of cleared a few things up. But, um, yeah, you know, what I also appreciated about this whole moment was it kind of almost makes that, that whole debate of like power level a bit moot, you know what I mean? Like the idea that almost anyone with anyone with the amount, the right amount of discipline who can actually learn the ways of the force and, sort of achieve sort of Jedi-like abilities. I mean, Chirrut Inway from Rogue One is a great example of like someone who is not a Jedi, but who essentially uses the Force to see, right? Like this dude is like Daredevil in Star Wars, you know? It's like, how does he do it, right? He's just, it's not with his, he, it's not like, it's not necessarily just with his ears. Like he's like, he's in tune with, with like what's going on around him, right? So he's disciplined in the ways of the Force on like, most other individuals would care to and uh, most under other individuals just don't just don't bother because it's not something that comes naturally to them so it's not something that they feel and therefore it's not something because they don't feel it's there they just don't feel like it's something that they need to believe in so it's it's kind of uh, an interesting way of looking at it because uh, you know the way i see anakin and how he's the most naturally gifted jedi ever <laughs> the most powerful jedi ever Except uh, for Ray. Yeah. Well, let's not. Ray learned way faster than Anakin <laughs> ever did. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but it, it's just one of those things, right? It's just like, okay, all of a sudden now, like having those like lunchtime conversations, like, oh, who do you think would like beat who? Like uh, Qui Gon or 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 uh, 
or Palpatine. The Incredible Hulk. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just I feel like all of a sudden now it's sort of changed the conversation a little bit. It's not like it's not like their level of skill in the Force or their midi chlorian count equals this amount of invulnerability. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of now become this thing of like, oh, even the most powerful person in the galaxy, you know, with the most amount of midi chlorians that the Force just naturally comes to them as easily as oxygen does to the, someone's lungs, you know, they can still be beat because they might be caught in a moment of, you know, rage or undisciplinary action, right? Something that they, they slip up, they make a mistake, you know, everyone's still, you know, it's and not, even beyond that, uh, it, Ahsoka even speaks to, uh, maybe it was, it was, uh, Hugh Yang, but, uh, they, they, the two of them are talking and they mentioned that it's particularly difficult for Mandalorians and that's because of their personal mindset and how they think about things. So that also has a huge effect on your affinity to be able to, to use the force. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, that would infl- play, um, inflict like discipline, you know, in somebody uh, and, and perspective. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the quieting of someone's mind is, is I don't think, you know, Mandalorian in their head is just, you know, blasters and, like explosions going off up there. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Uh, with this sequence came along a few other Easter eggs. So uh, it's those wooden sabers. They're called uh, Bakken sabers. And we've seen these before in rebels and clone wars. And this episode also uh, Ahsoka referenced a training technique called uh, Zatachi. And this is um, based on, Tamagotchi. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a Japanese culture thing. Um, it's, it's actually a technique named after a fictional blind oh. swordsman. So this is a, like a, a, a Japanese movie um, named after a fictional blind swordsman from, from Japanese culture known as Zatoichi. And, uh, you know, connected that to the samurai influences on the Jedi. So uh, it, it, was, it was kind of interesting to see that, you know, it's like they're, they're, you know, Dave's still pulling some, some Japanese roots um this way, episode you know? had a lot of that i felt like yeah. it was like 50 percent world war ii and like 50 percent japan yeah 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 for sure uh it was cool uh, yeah i don't know anyone anyone can think of anything to bring up or well i thought it was interesting in the training between ahsoka and uh when they were doing kind of the the blind, they had like the mask or whatever, the blast shield down so she couldn't see doing that training. That whole sequence, I think that might be like the most Japanese music I've, I've heard in Star Wars. Oh, yeah, Those yeah. Like, the, like, the wooden, it, um, it, what are they called? Those like flute things and the, 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 like the sticks that they were using as percussion, you know? Yeah, That's, I don't think I've, I've heard instruments like that in Star Wars because usually it's very orchestral. So yeah. it's, that stood out to me like quite a lot. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Dan, I think you called it last uh, last week with the whole Purgle migration thing. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they they just straight up kind of confirmed that, like in this episode. So that was that was pretty neat. How did you feel about that? I was happy. Like, I mean, that's the only way I could explain that map, like yes. showing them where to go. <laughs> I think that made sense. So. That's cool. What do you think of the live action Purgles? This is the first time we saw those, right? Yeah, that is. they're huge. They're pretty yeah. big. Yeah, the, the only I don't um, think they were that big in Rebels. No, because Ezra stands on top of one and he like rides it like a elephant, right? 
Yeah, like, like an orca yeah. size. Yeah, no, these ones were like these ones are massive, dude. Like huge. So I liked them. I liked them a lot. I mean, obviously, may, maybe these are like more mature purgle, but um, yeah, it was cool. Make the big jumps. Yeah, make the yeah <laughs> making a big jump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was cool. It was cool to see them. Um, and it was course. neat how they were also flying around in the mist, just which made me wonder because in Rebels when they're on. I think they're on Bespin or something similar to Bespin where they have, they have the fuel for hyperspace yeah. and the Purgle are all flying through there to recharge before their jump. The only thing that I'll, I want, because I wonder if that's what they were doing there because they seem to naturally come to that planet. So maybe that's where they get their fuel before the, like the big jump. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going on. Right. But at the same time, there's blaster fire when they were in the mist, so it didn't detonate. So I'm not 100% sold on that. That was my own theory. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, 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 what I liked about the, 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 the cinematography was cool. Like the, the mist and you know the atmosphere that they were flying through was pretty awesome. Uh, I like you're right about the whole gas thing. I think they must have fed up at one point, like you know, on a different stop of theirs. But uh, yeah. you don't think that's the mist they were in here on this planet? No, it's weird that they would continuously come to this planet then if that's not what they're doing. At least that's my thoughts on it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it's elsewhere on the planet or something like or or it's in the in the area, right? Like maybe it's um, maybe it's one of those things where they always have to come down to a, a, a like an atmospheric area to like breathe. But then they, you know, because like whales do that, right? Like they come up for air and then they go down again. So like maybe that's maybe hitting planets are like their way of actually sort of surviving. Like they, 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 they take in oxygen or whatever and then they go off somewhere else in the in the system where there is like a fuel source and then kind of just go from there. Uh, uh, maybe I'm just kind of speculating here, but that, that's just perhaps a good way. That's of crazy. At it. So they hold their breath for like months. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, like, I don't know. I don't know how long they, they stay at each location, though, right? Because, like... Or in like, space, yeah. I, I think it, it sounds like they get around, though, because in, in Rebels, Hera said that she had some friends, like, die after, like, smashing into one of them, right? In hyperspace, yeah. Yeah. So, like, they do get around. It's not like these are things that are, like, hard to find or anything. But uh, it would be cool to see them glow. Like, I'd like to see that, you know, pop out of the animated series. So... Um, man, I can't really think of anything else in this episode to bring up. Like, any- yeah, it was an interesting episode because, like, there was a lot of uh, in, like, it's, there wasn't a lot of big story points. No, uh, I will. I will say I was very surprised that uh, Sabine, being an ex bounty hunter and a war veteran, that she was so terrible at using the blaster cannons. <laughs> Yeah. She couldn't do anything for like yeah. half the episode. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a little strange. Yeah. Well, she did talk about she used to have presets, right? Yeah, she had that one throwaway line. I'm like, so maybe, deleted maybe, my presets. Maybe she needed the presets. You know, it's like hopping on somebody else's computer and like says you can't mouse the keyboard because it's not right. Oh, your hotkeys are missing. Her aimbot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's my aimbot? It's so good. Like she's like. From the front, like, just use the force. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, screw you. <laughs> Stop uh, telling me what to do. Yeah, I can't do that yet. <laughs> Don't get cocky, kid. And then she, 
she even tries to work with Ahsoka to like time it like perfectly, and she was calling the shot of when, and she mm-hmm. still hit nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really funny. We can't even get that right. Have you have you guys heard the latest rumors about Merrick? Now it's not. They're not thinking it's Ezra. They're thinking it's Star Killer. Oh, jeez. Well, that'd be neat. When that's will the, it end? That the Inquisitor. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, yeah, the 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 Inquisitor guy. Yeah, yeah. Nick, who do you? Who do you we finally about? heard his voice, and I, I got a timestamp. Uh, I think I heard something episode, about Josh. this. Okay, I'll bring it up. Just a, just a moment. I think I heard something about this because it's, it's in the credits, right? It's like, oh, Merrick in the credits is played by this guy, but is he? I don't know, Blake. What? Who's he played by? Maybe you can look it up over there. I'm just sure. Yeah, I'll look it, it up. Was it? What's the timestamp for the? The, um... uh, seven, sorry. Um, there's seven minutes and 49 seconds left. So whatever that comes to, because oh, uh, who's who's the actor? Uh, Taylor Gray. Taylor Gray. No, I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I made that up. Yeah, Taylor that's the voice of Taylor. that's the voice of Ezra from. <laughs> 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 you know, people are gonna think like we're nuts. <laughs> what the heck? Oh man. Um. Yeah, I didn't actually bother looking it up. Let me look it up. <laughs> <laughs> that space sequence with uh, Ahsoka in the spacesuit was pretty cool. I liked how she took out those fighters. Like, that was pretty sweet. So they're saying it's because Sam Witwer was credited as doing a voice. Oh, that's the- cool. But <clears throat> he he's not the person that performed as uh, Merrick. Right. Yeah, no, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Nick, you think he's, uh, think he's Starkiller? Uh, I haven't no. played, I haven't played that game, so I wouldn't know. Wasn't Starkiller, like, super powerful? Yeah. And Merrick is just some random Inquisitor. Yeah. That gets beaten by Ahsoka. Merrick, like, it, Merrick also uses the double-bladed Inquisitor saber. Like, Starkiller, he's always got a two-lightsaber thing going on. Well, I, only in the second game. First game, he's only got a single saber. It's the clone of Starkiller that uses two. That's true. That's true. I mean, I guess he has the mask, so it's like, oh, who is he? But he could just be, like, a new random guy. Yeah. He's going to be Star- the grand of Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Palpatine's first failed clone. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we'll figure it out. Oh, we'll we'll figure it out eventually. He he, he looks a lot like that uh, other Inquisitor that died with the mask, right? Yeah, he does. He looks really um, similar, like in, in Rebels. You're on the yeah, one that flew yeah. off the edge. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, oh, I guess he maybe he's it's that guy, but he didn't die. He just like fell off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that that, be something. That would be pretty lame, though. Oh, jeez, so. I I kind of hope that we ever hear his name, like his actual title. Like they've just call him, they've been calling him Merrick, but like. You know, all of these Inquisitors, they do have, like, a backstory of some kind. Like, they're all usually once a Jedi of some kind. And and quite frankly... Um, I got a timestamp. Any sign of them? That's it. They must be hiding. No, Let's so he's got one word in the whole show. <laughs> Man, I gotta tell you, it's definitely Star Killer. 
People are nuts, man. Like if they're gonna get star killers, no way. Right. Yeah, people uploading that and then like trying to like remove the the modulation and stuff. Yeah. Clean it up and Okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna say Pablo points and pooters at this point. Um we'll start with you, Dan. What do you think? No, we gotta explain the how it works. Oh gosh, yeah, you're right. We should pre-record this. All right, uh, <laughs> it's a scale of seven. Uh, three Pablo Pudus is the absolute worst of the worst. Moving up from there, you got two Pablo Pudus, one Pablo Pudu, Bendu. That's a fifty percent, and then you got Pablo points. You got one Pablo point, two Pablo points, and three Pablo points being the best of the best of the best. And that's like that's reserved for like the most excellent of excellence. So. Um, I give it a two. Oh, I really solid. enjoyed it. I had no complaints. Um, I wasn't like, oh, when is this going to end? Like, it could have kept going and I would have been happy. Yeah, enjoyed it. Fair enough. All right, Nick, what do you think? Uh, hmm. I was thinking about giving it a two. I'll probably give it a one and a half. I'll give it a one, one and a half points. One and a half. One, one and a half right. points. Yeah, it's it wasn't like a great episode but it was still i think it was still an important episode right yeah nothing if everything's three then nothing could be three so fair enough (laughs) (laughs) see you gotta have some bad stuff to have the good stuff exactly it's like like a good playlist has to go up and down you can't it can't all be up (laughs) you can't all you can't have all winners you can't have an album of all good music no no it doesn't work all right blake take us away what do you what did you uh what did you think about, about it this is a tricky one because the more I think about it and the more times I watch it, the less impressed I am. So mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's kind of like when you some of the films too, when you watch them, you get out of the theater like, that was great. And then you watch them another four times and you're like, oh, there's so many holes. <laughs> <laughs> so like the, the, the excitement is kind of worn off. Yeah. Yeah. So, true. but it, like, like everyone was saying, there's definitely important stuff here. It's moving the plot along, but if, it feels like it's missing something. I can't quite put my finger on it. Something. In I'll it. give it. I don't want to go as low as a one, one Pablo point. So I'll give it one in three sixteenths. <laughs> three sixteenths. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it one point two five Pablo points. I thought it was just a little bit better than good. And, uh, you know, yeah, I liked it. There was, a, there was a few things about it that I was like, okay, I mean, you know, I have nothing to com- really complain about. But uh, it, overall, I mean, it wasn't like a standout important episode. Honestly, when the whole show is said and done, I think this will be probably one of the most least memorable episodes of the whole series. Like, just, just out of my own kind of speculation as to, you know, everything. Like, I, I could see this being like, it's essential, right? Like we need to move the story along, but at the same time, it's like, did anything important happen? Not really. I got a question. Oh yeah. So this has kind of been in the back of my head for a bit now. Maybe she brought it up earlier, but if Ahsoka can have anyone as apprentice, why would she pick the person who has the least affinity to the force? Uh, I guess. Is it just because she has the star power of being a character from Rebels? Or is there something else there? I don't know. Seems weird. Well, who would be more Force-sensitive than Sabine? They're going to find Ezra and replace... <laughs> she's going to replace Sabine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just... You know, if... Okay. I... Obviously, like, the idea that Sabine can be trained, right? Is not something that she started. 
Like this happened with Kanan and Ezra training Sabine to use the Darksaber. And it's kind of gone on from there. Like in Ezra's absence, she's taken it upon herself to safeguard Lothal and to, to remain as the commander in his place, right? So um, when she and Ahsoka went off to go find Ezra the first time, if we're going with the idea that that whole scene that they had at the end of episode two is a repeat moment, right? Um, then, you know, maybe we're, maybe we're in a territory of, of, of maybe we'll see that play out, right? Like maybe we'll get some sort of idea later in the show as to why Ahsoka thought she would be a good apprentice. Um, I honestly have no guesses as to why she would do that because Ahsoka said in the Mandalorian, uh, I can't train him when it comes to Grogu. So I'm just exactly. really confused why all of a sudden she would rather train some girl who like <laughs> is like would be even harder like to train, right? Cause like she is a Mandalorian and she hasn't had any kind of force training at all. Whereas Grogu had something. So like, yeah, I find it a little weird as well, but I guess maybe we'll Ahsoka knew that Grogu take too long to grow up and just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or maybe I take care she, of that. Maybe she thought because like, maybe she thought Grogu might be super powerful, right? And maybe. like turn turn right because that's because she's like, oh well, that's what happened to Anakin, right? So like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. She, was, she was she was scared of that. I think that's kind of what she was more of the reason why she didn't want to train Grogu, not just because she's like, oh, like this, this this baby's not going to be able to do anything. Yeah, but you don't think someone who's grown up in war and fighting as a Mandalorian isn't going to have struggles turning to the dark side as a force wielder? True. <laughs> maybe, maybe way Ahsoka, more likely. <laughs> true. Maybe Ahsoka just change her mind. Ahsoka <laughs> <laughs> change her mind, yeah. Or she was bored. Training she's like, let's, uh, <laughs> Danny, let's do this. You got any thoughts on this, Danny? How come, she doesn't, how come she doesn't go back for and get Luke and be like, hey, we got to stop the strong guy? Yeah. Yeah, this is after, right? The six toys after Bando? Yeah, this well, it's during season three, but after season two when she already, yeah. And that's another story we haven't seen. We haven't seen when she meets Luke for the first time. So, like, there's a lot of missing pieces here. Hmm. I was hoping that the show would actually fill that stuff out. So, like, you know, hopefully maybe That'd it does. That'd be good, hopefully. Hopefully it does. Do you know that Luke's Anakin's son? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when my master trained me, Anakin, I was like, wait a minute, Anakin who? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that moment's going to work out. I think Dave's still trying to figure that out. That's probably why he skipped over it. He's like, you know what, we'll just, we'll just worry about it later. Uh, yeah. Time jump. Yeah, never mind. We'll just go back to that later. Um, all right. Thanks, guys, for coming on. And uh, Blake, take us away. We'll see you out there. Keep flying. All right, and a big thank you to all of you tuning into the podcast today. You know, this is our fourth anniversary for uh, Star Wars Escape Pod. So if you have been tuning in this long, uh, you know, we really appreciate it. It's been uh, so many years and, uh, you know, it's about to get even even longer. And, uh, you know, we don't have any plans on stopping. But a great way to kind of keep our spirits up is to give us a good rating. So if you can uh, give us a five star rating, that would be amazing. And uh, you could do that if you're using an app like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, the ones that support the ratings on the platforms. If you could leave us a few 
words on a review just saying, hey, this is a great Star Wars podcast, that'd be great as well. It helps other people find the podcast, helps us, letting us know uh, we're doing a good job. And, uh, you know, just keeps things uh, keeps things in high spirits. Uh, if you need to get in touch with us, you all our social links are in the description below. And if you've been tuning in to Rebels Talk, uh, you know, we're pretty stoked to say we only have two episodes left of that. So, you know, keep an eye out for Rebels Talk Part 19 and 20, getting into the final episodes of Season 4 of Star Wars Rebels. Uh, we apologize again for the overlap with Ahsoka, but, uh, you know, busy times. <laughs> that being said, we'll see you in the next episode. Happy four years to Star Wars Escape Pod again. And may the Force be with you.